are now listening to the Legends Lingo Podcast, presented by CouchGuysSports.com. Here are your hosts, Al. You didn't ask him about I that long? I was getting there, Beetle. Now, what the holy fuck kind of host are you? I mean, you're Beetle, burying the lead. shit, dude. Someone Chris is... trip, please. Powder. Yes, sir. And Maddie D. Uh, and on top of that, now you have a triple effect. You have... The Niners looking for a long-term answer with Jimmy G in-house. Maybe they don't want to spend the money on Jimmy G. Maybe he gets freed up because they go after a guy like Teddy Bridgewater, who now theoretically could be freed up. So there's a lot of dominoes to fall. Enjoy the show. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. The Legends Lingo Podcast is back at it for another week. Episode 179 is always presented by CouchGuysSports.com. Make sure to check everything out on CouchGuysSports.com, blogs, podcasts, the YouTube channel, Twitch channel, everything else going on. Al Nahigian in the house, Tom Powder Cadmus. I can't believe I screwed up your name somehow. I say it every week. Who just celebrated a birthday this week. Happy belated, Powder. Thank you. Would you like to tell the viewers what you did for your birthday? Yeah, my um, amazing fiance took me... To the Woo Sox game, first time I've been to the new Woo Sox stadium. It was great. Actually got a nice surprise. I wasn't – it's tough to see who pitches in my leagues because obviously you know how it goes. Rehab starts and everything like that, and I got lucky. Evaldi made his last rehab start on Sunday, so it was great to see him pitch. was touching 99 throughout the outing, and the Woo Sox won 8-3 over the um, Scranton Rail Riders, who are – the minor league affiliate of the Yankees. So it's good to see the Red Sox beat the Yankees. Red Sox really beat the Yankees three out of five in, in that series. They split in the in the MLB, you yeah. know, series, but then in Potter's birthday, which was the tiebreaker, they won the real one. So yeah. that's how we're going to put it. But a decent amount to talk about tonight. A big trade for the Patriots that was long overdue that we are going to talk about. And the Red Sox just completed a four-game series with the Yankees at Fenway. And we're going to get into all those details. Chris Sale back on the mound as we're recording on Tuesday night. He's actually in the first inning, one out, base runner on first. And uh, it's nice to see Chris Sale back in the bump for the Red Sox. So yes, it is. I'm happy. And he just got a, a feeble swing from whoever's hitting three hole for uh, the Rays. I don't know who it is right now. I don't know if it's a Rosarena, but um, we'll see. But anyways, decent show tonight. A lot of good talking points. But first, we got to make sure we're entered. in court. Betancourt, there you go. We got to make sure we're energized, and we need to make sure we are energized with our friends over at Shocked Energy, a.k.a. Shocked Hydrate. Have you ever felt unable to focus, you're tired, or you're just low on energy? We understand that feeling, and we understand it so well. The Legends Lingo Podcast is brought to you by the Couch Guy Sports Network and sponsored by our friends over at Shocked Energy. Shocked Energy is a game made by gamers for gamers or by podcasters for podcasters. And all their flavors compact with 180 milligrams of caffeine to ensure that no matter what you're doing, your focus is always razor sharp to keep you performing at the top of your game. Their formulas are designed to specifically give you high energy boosts when you need it the most, while ensuring to avoid the jitters after too much caffeine consumption. Head over to shockenergy.com and use the promo code CGSN, all capitalized today, for 10% off your order. Check out their green apple flavor as well as their watermelon flavor. And don't worry, they ship worldwide. That's right, worldwide. Get your Shocked Energy today. And let us help you gain your focus and energy back. Again, promo code CGSN, 10% off your order at shockedenergy.com. All right. It's going to be majority Patriots Red Sox this episode. 
The Celtics, they introduced Danilo Gallinari and Malcolm Brogdon. Very cool moment. I think they're going to be great off the bench, and we kind of went into detail about that last week. Bruins officially hired Jim Montgomery as their head coach. We talked about that, had their introductory press conference, and the Jacobs family continues to show that they're not about winning. They're just about appeasing their fans, and it's just it's ridiculous. But I don't want to get into a whole screaming match about that. <laughs> the New England Patriots, there wasn't really anything going on until just about two hours ago. So we're recording at about 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Tuesday, July 12th. Around 5 o'clock p.m., 5.30, the Patriots made a trade. Three-year wide receiver, Nikhil Harry, their former first-round pick in 2019. Powder's eye roll says it all. Traded to the Chicago Bears in exchange for a 2024 seventh-round draft pick. Now, Powder, I'm going to give you the floor first because I have a lot that I have to say about the one formerly known as Nikhil Harry in New England. He's not dead, just for the record. He's, he's still alive. We're just saying he's not in New England, so don't try to cancel us for that. What was your initial reaction? I know you were driving all day, but when I texted you about the trade and you saw the trade, just overall thoughts. I mean, it just... Obviously, like every New England Patriots fan thinks, it's a waste of a first-round pick, especially with some of the receivers taken after him. Um, but I'm looking at stats now, four total TDs in three years, only not even 600 total yards. He didn't even average 200 yards a year. He was at 598 with a total of 57 receptions and 103 targets in – 33 games in three years. So not really any, like that's not a first round draft pick of a wide receiver. If you want first round draft pick of a wide receiver, he has to be impact player, either a guy who is a deep threat, then you just throw the ball up um, like Chase in um, Cincinnati or someone like that, that you just throw the ball up, you know, they're going to catch it. But he, it just Belichick is not good at drafting receivers early in the draft. We've seen it multiple times, but um, Nikhil Harry just is good to get him off the roster because now Patriots fans don't worry about him or he's not taking up a roster spot. But it kind of sucks that we only or they only got a seventh round draft pick out of him for what was drafted 32nd overall. So it stinks that. His value went that downhill, but hey, I never wish bad upon someone. So I hope maybe he finds a good career in Chicago. Maybe he has a renaissance and becomes a good, a good wide receiver there. Maybe a different offense gets him better, but he just never really helped the Patriots in any way. Good use of the word renaissance there, Powder. I'm proud of you. That's that's a big word. Not for you, but that's just a big word in general. That's too big of a word for me. So that's why I never (laughs) use it. But the Nikhil Harry trade, here's here's kind of how I view it. I'm with Powder. A lot of Patriots fans kind of saw this coming, right? I mean, the writing was kind of on the wall. You think about the offseason the Patriots have had. They went out and got Devontae Parker from the Dolphins. So right away, you have Devontae Parker, excuse me, Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, and Jacoby Myers. That's four capable wide receivers right there. Then they go out in the draft. They get Tyquan Thornton, who had the fastest 60 time and one of the fastest receivers in the actual draft. So you have five receivers right there. Pardon me. My contacts are bugging the crap out of me. I don't know what's going on. I, I think it's that. like 
it's like dry. It's like dry in this room. But anyways, so once that was there, you kind of knew that Nikhil Harry was kind of on his way out. And plus, you think about it, Powder, last year, last July of 2021, Nikhil Harry requested a trade. Yes, he did. He did. And he and we all thought – so I went to training camp last year with Diego Galvis at Couch Guy Sports, Matt Burnett at Couch Guy Sports, Liam McDay at Couch Guy Sports. It was a Couch Guy Sports kind of gathering at Patriots training camp. And we all said the same thing. Like, he should be gone. And we yeah. were all heckling him. Like, you're going to be gone anyway, dude, so why even fight it? But you take a look at his career in New England, and it was an absolute bust. 2019, I don't know if you remember this, Powder, but he was injured for the first half of his career in the 2019 season. And then he he caught a touchdown pass. I actually saw this today on Twitter. He caught a a touchdown pass from Brady when they played at home against the Cowboys. I forget what week it was. I think it was like week 11 or 12 in 2019. But regardless, that was kind of the start of like, okay, maybe this guy can actually do something. And then it just never panned out. 2020, he did a little bit of something, nothing crazy. And then 2021, he was more of a blocking receiver more than anything. So you kind of saw that he really wasn't involved in the offense and he wasn't going to be involved in the offense long-term. And then yeah. here's, here's the kicker. And this is another point that I agree with you on the Patriots lost, like they lost in this Nikhil Harry kind of saga. You know, they, they had a guy that they thought was going to be a future, a future, I don't want to say pro bowl receiver, but a good wide receiver in the NFL. And then you're trading him away for not the upcoming draft, but the following draft. And it's a seventh round pick. And this is for a former first round pick. Like if you're a bears fan and I don't know how many bears fans listen to us or how many bears fans there are in the world. I'm sure there's a, a lot of them, but the bears I mean, you upgraded your wide receiver core and you only had to give up a seventh round pick. I know. That's it. Like, I don't know how Bears fans could complain. And if you're a Patriots fan, it depends kind of what you want to look at. You want to look at a glass half full. It's like, well, you got something for him. Then the glass half empty is, well, yeah, you got a seventh round pick for him and you drafted him in the first round. So (laughs) there was was not much you were going to get for him. But, you know, the trade itself, it just shows how little value people think Nikhil Harry has. And right now I think it's valid. You know, you go back to the stats, 33 games, like 57 receptions, four touchdown receptions in a span of three years, you know, and after his first season, he played a lot in 2020 and 2021, but you know, I'm, I'm very happy that this trade happened. I think it was a trade that needed to happen in the long term. And, you know, both sides, it was needed on both sides. The Patriots needed to get rid of Nikhil Harry. It wasn't working out here. Nikhil Harry needed a fresh start. But again, you look at that wide receiving core powder. Look at the wide receiving core of Kendrick Bourne, Kobe Myers, Nelson Aguilar, Devontae Parker, Tyquan Thornton. You want to throw in a six one like Christian Wilkerson or uh, Trey Nixon or whoever. Ty Montgomery is a guy that they add on the offseason. Patriots are going to be fine. They still have a great tight end duo in John Smith and Hunter Henry. The backfield is good with Harris and Ramondre Stevenson and a couple of their draft picks. Offensive line is solidified. Mac Jones is going into year two and he looks really good right now. So, you know, like you said, we don't wish bad upon people, but you know, good riddance in the kill area. Hope you do well in Chicago and you find it with Justin Fields. So, and the Patriots are, are slated to play the bears in prime time week seven. So that's going to be uh that it's not like there was a game of the century in Foxborough last year or anything like that. So this is the, <laughs> this is the game of the millennium. Pretty much. Oh, definitely. 
Yeah, a thousand percent. It's it's the Nikhil Harry revenge game. This is what everyone's been circling for the past twenty years. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's who's Tom Brady? Yeah. But uh, anything else about this Nikhil Harry trade before we kind of move on? No, but you never know who Belichick or the Patriots could draft for the seventh round draft pick. So maybe it could turn out to be someone great that kind of goes unnoticed when we first get drafted because we forget that he got this pick in a trade, and then next thing you know, he he becomes a superstar. Maybe, but who knows? It's Belichick, it's drafting. I feel like the two worst Boston sports teams at drafting are the Patriots and the Bruins. Yeah. I feel like they just draft horribly, like horribly, <laughs> like terrible. But, you know, good riddance to kill Harry. Hope you do well in Chicago, but you didn't do much for New England, and you were a bust of a pick here. So it is what it is. But we're going to move on. And before we move on, we're going to give a shout-out to two of our sponsors. First one, Exogun. Go to exogun.com. Get 10% off your order with the promo code, all capitalized, CGS10. That's CGS10. For your massage therapy gun needs, whether you are on the trail you're doing a podcast, you're running a baseball tournament, you're coaching a baseball tournament, or you're at a minor league baseball game, you never know when you are going to need a massage. That's why Exogun is the best in massage therapy gun needs. comes with a charger, a carrying case, and everything else. Make sure to take care of your massaging needs without having to leave your house. Exogun.com, 10% off of the promo code CGS10. And after you get the, that massage, you might be a little hungry for a certain meal. Why don't you check out A&B Kitchen and Bar, which Powder's going to tell you about right now. Yes. Um, so A&B Kitchen Bar is located right across the street from Tea Garden. So like I talk about every week, whether you're going Bruins game once they're back, Celtics game once they're back, or a, um, or a concert at the Tea Garden, whatever brings you around that area in Boston, check out A&B Kitchen Bar. They're a great sponsor of ours. Their elevated take on traditional New England pub menu. It's chicken pot pie, meatloaf, some pastas, not just burgers. It's kind of anything you want with some local draft beers. And just tell them the Legends Boys sent you, and they'll know who it is, and they'll probably hook you up with something nice. So, um, yeah, so check out AB Kitchen Bar. Oh, they'll hook you up. They'll make sure that you have the best beverages the best food the best everything they will make sure that you are well taken care of yes sir all right red Sox, because they're the only main thing going on again you know patriots camp is a couple weeks away we might have a guest on with us next week that's going to talk about the patriots with us it is a former guest of the program coming back for a second time Mm -hmm. He, he may have the same first two letters as my name so we shall see But anyways, Red Sox, they come off a four-game series with the Yankees. Lose the first two. First game, because you can't catch a pop-up in the infield, Franchi Cordero. Second game, you got blown out. Third game, you came back. You wanted Alex Verdugo, a hero in that game. And then in the series finale, you're down 6-2, score nine unanswered runs, and you win the game 11-6. So now, Powder, I want to ask you this. You take two out of four from the Yankees. You get a split. How did you feel after the series was over? Were you encouraged by this? 
or were you left saying there's some problems here? I think a little bit of both. Like I still think the bullpen is a big issue for the Red Sox, but honestly, if you catch that pop up and you win that game, you take three out four, you're really feeling good at that. After this day, even if you get blown out and actually cool, like little thing about, I don't know if you saw this, um, about Saturday's game, but Jeter Downs got the call up and he was getting dressed at the Woosocks. They talked about it right before the game I went to. They um he was getting dressed for his game in Worcester. The manager comes in the office, says, Hey, you're going to Boston, like, and he had to jump on to um jump, drive up the pike to Fenway. He gets a pinch at bat, comes up big with a single to tie, to make it uh 5-4 game and scores a game win run. So it's actually pretty cool that he was in Worcester, had to fly up the pike and then score the winning run. So, But um, I feel good that the Red Sox were able to play at the Yankees because right now the Yankees are still probably on pace to have the most wins in a single season ever. And they're right now playing like the best team in all of baseball and the Red Sox were able to play with them. So I think there are some encouraging signs, but obviously getting blown out and losing a close one isn't great, but I'd take taking splitting that series. So I, I probably feel more on the good side, probably like a six out of 10 after that series. Okay. So you're going to go the positive route. I'm going to go the negative route. I'm going to say I'm at like a three or four and here's why the first game. Like I said, you had to, all you had to do was catch a pop-up and you couldn't do that. But not only that, you were down in that game like 5 nothing or 6 nothing, whatever it was. It's not for Rafael Devers hitting two home runs off Garrett Cole, which, by the way, he owns Garrett Cole, which that yes, is a did. positive I'll take. Rafael Devers owns Garrett Cole. But if it's not for Rafael Devers, you might get shut out in that game. So, I, I again, it, it stinks that I'm thinking this way, but it's just tough with the way that they're playing. Game two, you get blown out. It is what it is. Game three, you know, the Yankees had the lead. And they blew it. And then the same thing in the series finale. Yankees were up four to nothing and six to two and two to nothing. They had three leads and they blew that, you know, and you, you can give the Red Sox credit. They fought back in the last two games to make it a split, but you're getting, you're putting yourself in a bad position to start. So when you're putting yourself in a bad position, then you have to come back. Like if the pitching was good in that series, which, it wasn't because you threw three minor leaguers and Nick Pavetta. Like it's, that's what's concerning to me right now. It's starting pitch. Like that's the reason I'm concerned. Nick Pavetta has had two bad starts in a row now against Tampa Bay and against the Yankees. So he's turning back into, I don't want to use the term pumpkin, but he's, he's turning back into not as great of a pitcher as the stats were indicating leading up to that. But there are reinforcements coming. Yeah. Like Powder said, Nathan Yavaldi, he's in Worcester. He's rehabbing. Could join the Red Sox rotation this weekend. So by the time this podcast comes out, maybe Nathan Yavaldi's on his way to Boston or on his way to New York to pitch in the Yankee series. So who knows? Chris Sale pitching tonight. Two scoreless innings so far. He's looking pretty good. He's throwing strikes. His slider looks good and his changeup looks good. And the fastball still good. Jared Corbett's hitting 96 and 97. So. And, and shout out to the guys like Jared Carabas and Tyler Milliken and all the Red Sox fans that stick with a guy like Sale. I'm in the same boat with Chris Sale. 
So we'll just, we'll, we'll jump right into it, Powder. Chris Sale being back in this rotation, people aren't talking about it enough. No. Because let's take a look at the timeline real quick. We're going to take a strut down memory lane. 2019, the signs are there that maybe he's not 100%. Sale's not 100%. Yeah. 2020 is the COVID year. No all-star game, no anything. That's the, And the Red Sox were going to stink that year anyway. So yeah. that was the perfect time to be like, you know what? Let's get the Tommy John surgery. Let's get you ready for 2021. 2021, he made nine starts. He had a low three ERA. It's pretty good. Yeah. And then the playoffs, you know, the Rays start stunk. That the Astro start, he did fine. Mm-hmm. You know, the Red Sox just didn't hit. But the point that I'm trying to make is, is that this is the year now that Sale has no excuses. He had the freak injury. It happens. And now he's back. If he can go back to being... I don't want to say vintage Chris Sale because he's probably never going to get back to that point. But if he can be a good pitcher in the starting rotation for the Red Sox, that's a big bolt. That's a big boost that you need, especially yeah. when Michael Walker's on the IL, Rich Hill's on the IL, Pavetta has had a couple bad starts, like I mentioned. Diavaldi's coming back. Like you need Sale back in that rotation. I don't know how you feel about Chris Sale being back and his long term effect but I'm hoping it's somewhat close to my reaction. No, I I agree. I think even if he's 80% of what he used to be, it's also his leadership in the clubhouse I think is going to make a huge impact on the Red Sox too. Think about 2018 World Series, him, who knows what he actually said in the dugout, but him laying into all the Red Sox, and he's just a leader in that clubhouse, and having him back, have him healthy going out there, you know he's going to be a guy who's going to not want to be taking out games. He's going to get the ball every fifth day and just be a horse that's going to show the young guys, okay, let's do this. Let's he let He's doing it. He's been hurt on and off. Now he's back and he's being that leader we need. So he's going to really help, I think, all the young pitchers and all even hitters like just get motivated. Hey, we want to score for this guy everything like that. So I think more than just him being on the mound and being great, I think it's also his presence in the clubhouse is going to be a major part of him being back. Thousand percent. You know, him being in the clubhouse is big for everybody. It's big for the Red Sox. It's big for the younger players. It's better for the better. It's better for everybody. Yeah. You know, and people, you know, and I'm not saying I, I want to be careful with how I say this next thing. The incident in Worcester where he like tried to rip the TV out, everything else. Listen, it's not a good look. I understand that. I understand the people that say that because I can agree somewhat with that. Mm. But my rebuttal would be, listen, nobody's perfect. He's a competitor. He was pissed that he walked five guys, you know, and he was in the tunnel. You know, he was trying to, you know, get some frustrations out in the tunnel where cameras are not supposed to be. Now, again, I'm not condoning what Sale did. But what I'm saying is, is that sometimes when you're angry and you're by yourself, you let the frustration out, you got to find a way to do it. Could he have found a better way to do it? Absolutely. But are we going to get mad at sale for being pissed at himself? No, everybody gets pissed at themselves and everybody gets aggravated and stuff happens. So I don't know how you felt about that, by the way. I wanted to ask you your opinion on that really quick. I, it didn't bother me that much. Like, yeah, obviously he shouldn't be breaking clubhouse, but also he's been in and out of injuries. And like you said, he's a competitor. He's a very type A alpha male. He hates that he's not helping the Red Sox, especially he knows his contract. 
and he knows he's hardly pitched since he's gotten that extension. Yep. So he probably feels that like, holy crap, I'm making 140 million over five years. Three of them, I've been hurt. I've been getting this money, and I feel like Chris Hill is a big person. He thinks about the fans from why just listen to him talk and different things like that. He thinks about the fans and what he's given to the fans, and he hasn't given them really anything, and he's gotten a ton of money from them. Yes, he probably deserves it because he was great for a long time, and this is his big contract, but it, he probably feels like I haven't earned any of that for what I've done during that contract. thousand percent true. That, that's just who Sale is. By the way, you want to hear some breaking news? What? Bobby Dahlbeck struck out. <laughs> which kind of relates into the next topic that I want to talk about. So again, we've talked about it a couple of times, trade deadlines coming up in a few weeks. The Red Sox need to upgrade at first base. Now there was a trade suggestion. I, I think it was the athletic that wrote it, but basically the trade was Red Sox trade away, Bobby Dahlbeck and left-handed pitching prospect, Chris Murphy. And in exchange, you get Josh Bell from the nationals. A first baseman. Now, granted, last year you got Kyle Schwarber. He, I think he should still be here, but he didn't want to pony up the dough. That's that's your problem. I think Powder. I don't know. I actually, I want to hear your thoughts first. If that trade were to actually happen, how would you feel? He's a switch hitting um, first baseman that has some pop. I'm just looking at stats real quick. So, 12 home runs on the season. Actually, 304 average. With a 877 OPS. So actually having a pretty good year. Uh, 47 RBIs. Yeah, that's definitely an upgrade, especially him. He gets on base a good amount. He has he has 40 walks of 50 strikeouts. I'll take that. Obviously he strikes out a little bit, but 40 walks. He's getting on base, finding ways to get on. That's all you need with this Red Sox lineup. I think is just to lengthen a little bit more. I think that's gonna you get someone who can lengthen it that one more batter where he's getting on, putting the better hitters in better situations or something like that. I think he's going to – I think that would be a big pickup because especially having a first baseman who's doing nothing for you and getting someone who is doing – could do a lot for you, that would be a huge pickup. So I'd, I would like that a lot. Exactly, and that's the thing, right? I mean, just look at the Red Sox lineup tonight. The only reason Bobby Dahlbeck is playing third base is because Rafi Devers – He's had some problems with his lower back, so he's just DHing. Yeah. So JD Martinez, so you combine that, and maybe JD Martinez needed a night off. That's the only reason Dahlbeck's in the lineup because they're facing Corey Kluber, who I don't know if you know this, he's a right-handed pitcher. And guess what? Bobby Dahlbeck can't hit righties. He can only hit lefties for some really weird reason. He's he's like the who was the outfielder the Red Sox had a couple of years ago. He's like the Chris Young yeah. of the Red Sox. That's who he is right now. But a lot worse because Chris Young actually, like with righties, he actually did okay. Yeah. But if you can get rid of Bobby Dahlbeck and I, Chris Murphy, I don't know. I don't know who he is. I, I don't know. I think he's in like single A or, or something like that, maybe double A at the highest. But if you get rid of a prospect with how deep your prospect pool is now and you can get rid of Bobby Dahlbeck, you do it. Like, I'm sorry. Like, to all the, the, the analytics people, you know, again, I'll refer like Tyler Milliken, who's a very smart baseball mind, but, you know, loves the stats. Bobby Dahlbeck is not a good baseball player, period. He can field. I'll give him that. But at the plate, it, we've given him a couple years now. It's just not there. It's not. 
too many strikeouts, too many big opportunities wasted with him in the lineup. And you know what? If you can go get a Josh Bell that's hitting over 300 and a guy that maybe you can extend in the offseason to actually play first base, then do it. Because Bobby Dahlbeck's not your answer. Franchi Cordero's not your answer at first base, even though Franchi, since he got called up this year, has done a much better job than in his previous stints. But I just, I can't take Bobby Dahlbeck anymore. I can't. It's so sickening. He goes up there and you're like, oh, automatic strikeout. Here it comes. Sure enough, one, two, three, down he goes. And Franchi Cordero, he he's a little bit better, but at first base, he's not, he's not it. Like, I'm sorry, but he's just not it. So I, I hope they get I hope they get rid of Dahlbeck somehow, some way. Just just get rid of him. I don't care if you have to designate him for assignment, do it. You designate Hansel Robles, so designate this guy. He just he can't do it. Uh, sale. Why are you giving up an 0-2 hit? But anyways, regardless, one last thing I want to talk about with the Red Sox. And then there's one small Bruins thing I wanted to bring up before we kind of wrap up. Brian Bayo. Two starts. Not great. So he's back down in Worcester. And Powder, this is, this is the question I have for you because a lot of people like to overreact myself included sometimes, keywords sometimes. Do you think that Brian Bayo will find something in Worcester that he didn't find before his call to the Red Sox? I guess what I'm basically trying to say is, will he utilize now the demotion to Worcester to help improve a couple things that we saw exposed at the MLB level? Yeah, I think definitely having the experience, those couple starts in the majors gets you to be able to okay, this is what I need to work on. It shows what his true re- weaknesses are at that level and use a minor league to work on that, work on those few little things to get better. Because um, obviously, especially AAA, it's the guy, the hitters are very good. It's not the young prospects, more the guys who've been around for a while who are the guys who go up and down, um, back and forth. Um, so I right. think it's just them being, uh, it's just, him being able to figure out, get the confidence back up and figure out exactly what he needs to work on and improve on that stuff and get those weaknesses a little bit better. You have to, right? I mean, the fastball looked good. The fastball looked really good. I think that was the best thing about Bayo is the fastball is a major league caliber fastball. I think it's really good and it can be overpowering and it can get swings and misses. The slider wasn't really there for either one of his starts against Tampa. The changeup, we saw flashes of it, right? We saw some really good change-ups. We saw some that were left over the plate. We saw some command issues, right? I mean, the first inning, I think, of his second start was a, a hit by pitch and a walk, first two batters, you know? And that's a small sample size, but it went to show that he's just not ready. And can we both agree that if the Red Sox pitching rotation is healthy, we don't see Brian Bayo at all this year? Yeah. thousand percent, right? Yeah. Okay. So I do think Bayo is going to be really good. I do. I think he has – the stuff, I think he just needs more seasoning down in Worcester. Maybe even if it's like – this is going to sound weird, but maybe even in double-A, just I know he dominated in double-A, but maybe just to see better caliber competition. Because, mm-hmm. again, I, and I know what you said, because like double-A is more of the younger guys, like you said, and triple-A is like a little bit older and everything. But whatever it is you have to do to get Bayo back and get his confidence back. That's what you need to do right now. Cause I'm sure his confidence went down a little bit, maybe not a lot, but it definitely had to go down. At 10. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with this Red Sox team. I mean, listen again, reinforcements are coming sales pitching tonight. 
You have Valdi's hopefully coming back. Whitlock looks like he's going to be coming back. You have the all-star break coming up. And by the way, shout out to the three Red Sox all-stars, Rafael Devers, Xander Bogarts, J.D. Martinez. Shout out to them making their all-star teams. I believe it's Devers' second time, Bogarts' fourth time, and Martinez's fifth time. The weird thing, Powder, that I, that I looked up today, J.D. Martinez, in the four years that there have been all-star games where he's been in a Red Sox uniform, he's made all four all-star teams. That's really good. That is. Because 2020, they didn't have an all-star game. Yeah. So it didn't matter. But the, this Red Sox team is going to be fun the next couple of weeks. All right. One small Bruins thing that I wanted to bring up and just ask a question about is this. And then we'll wrap up the show for the week. There are reports going out there that the Bruins are in communication with David Krejci to come back and play for the Bruins on a one-year deal. Now, this is the question I have for you, Powder. So the Bruins, ever since... Ever since Bruce Cassidy has been fired and got hired in Vegas with the Golden Knights, Patrice Bergeron's come back on a one-year deal. Jake DeBrusque has rescinded his trade request, so now he wants to be a Bruin. And David Krejci is in negotiations to come back. Are we starting to see the sign of maybe this Cassidy firing isn't as bad as people made it out to be? Or do we think that those are just kind of weird coincidences? I mean, I feel like if there's one or two, it might be a weird coincidence. But I think if we're slowly seeing things trickle down that show, maybe Bruce Cassie wasn't great to play under and maybe not a lot of people liked him. And now they want to come back. They love being in Boston, but they didn't want to play under Bruce Cassidy. And now that he's gone, maybe they're happy and they want to come back to Boston. So, so maybe... Maybe we don't know because obviously none of us played for the Bruins. We don't know what was like in that locker room truly. And obviously at that level, they're probably hiding a lot of stuff. They don't want fans and press and all that to know exactly what's going on in the, in the locker room. So probably maybe, or maybe there's a lot more going on that we just don't know about. I think so, too. I think you take a look at the two coaches, right? I think Bruce Cassidy is more of a guy. And this is coming from two casual Bruins fans here. So take what we say with a grain of salt when we say this. I think Bruce Cassidy is a guy that he needs more veterans on his team, a veteran group that knows what they're doing. They've been there before. Whereas Montgomery can be more of that kind of development coach where he's a guy that can work with younger guys, help develop the, you know, the the AHL players and everything else. And I mean – this Montgomery guy, I mean, he's come in. He said he's willing to work with everybody. He's talked to half the roster. And, you know, if things keep trickling down like that, then, yeah, I think there's something to, you know, Bruce Cassidy being let go that everyone's like, wow, a new voice. Maybe this is something we've needed and something yeah. that we're encouraging. So, I don't know. I just – I found it weird. And then, the like, the press conference, again, I mentioned it, mentioned it at the beginning of the program. The Bruins announced Jim Montgomery officially as their 29th head coach and – uh, franchise history. And the Jacobs family is kind of like, yeah, you know, it's on Cam Neely and Don Sweeney now because, you know, we we got rid of the coach. We basically listened to Don. They basically confirmed that they listened to Don Sweeney and Cam Neely being like, it's the coach. But now it's like, if they don't put it together, it's really on Don Sweeney. Yeah. Cam Neely's job is is safe. But Don Sweeney's the next one on the hot seat. And that's how it should be. That's how it always should be. But I, I find it interesting. So I'm curious to see what happens with the Bruins this upcoming season, especially with new coach. And it looks like kind of retooling, so to speak. Yeah. But anything else we want to talk about before we head out for the week? 
That's all I got. All right. Again, programming note, we will be recording an episode next week, the week of the 25th. We will be off. Powder is away. I am away. So we're just going to take that week off. So we will be recording next week, taking the week of the 25th off, and then we will be back the week of August 1st. Summer's going by too quick. I need summer to slow down. I know. It's just, it's, it's, it's going too, just, uh, it's going too fast. I know. I have basically three week three long weeks left of baseball and then it's kind of going to slow down a lot. Yeah. I have like three weeks left before I start getting emails about going back to school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyways, rate, subscribe to the legends lingo podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, anchor, all the usual stuff. Again, check out couchguysports.com. Shout out to our sponsors, AB kitchen and bar, Exogun, and shocked hydrate. If nothing else, for episode 179, that is the ever-so-handsome Tom Powder Cadmus. I am your host, Al Nahigian. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week for episode 180. Yes, sir.